When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Is it time for Roger to retire, guys? I don't think so. Uh, I, I think that... Uh, you know, what he did uh, coming back after that six months layoff, I'd never seen anything in tennis in 40 years, watching tennis and even before that, that he was able to come back and win three out of five majors. And I think he looked human and the heat got to him because I was always amazed he never looked tired. That's mm. the first time I really, he noticeably was tired. But I, I think with him, it's going to come down to um, when he starts losing to people that obviously he doesn't think he's going to lose to. I mean, he shouldn't have lost to Millman, but at the same time, I think he lost because of the, the weather, not because the guy outplayed him. And so for me, you know, to me, I kept trying to convince myself for six, maybe seven, eight years, this is totally different than Roger. As I was sort of dipping in the rankings, what well, look, you, you still want to win one more major, go out in a high, and felt like I could do that. And when I absolutely convinced myself that I just couldn't do what it took to win seven best of five set matches. Uh, I thought that was time. He loves it, you know, more than anyone I've ever seen. And he's not at that point, I would think, that he doesn't think he can win another one. Especially, mm -hmm. you think at Wimbledon in the next couple of years he could do that. So I'd be surprised, but I'd be interested to see what happens when he starts losing somewhat consistently to lower-ranked players. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope you're right. Uh, I saw him human for the first time as well. He is 37, even though I have to check his passport. He looks like he... <laughs> He plays like he's 27 yeah. sometimes. Um, I get your point of him coming back after the six-month period and you know winning three out of five slams. Just eventually, it'll be um, too late. And I'm just thinking about him losing to Anderson in five at Wimbledon. Him losing to Millman uh, in difficult conditions, but that's what happens in a Grand Slam over two weeks. Sometimes you get difficult positions. Him losing to Kokinasik in the first round of Miami. It's just, it's adding a little bit. And, and I'm with you that on the grass, uh, in five years' time, if he puts himself, if he gives himself the time, he will always be one of the favorites. But on any other surface, I'm starting to hear the clock ticking. What do you think? Max? Yeah, I think no, I don't think he should retire at all because in, yeah. in the matches that he's lost this year, he's actually been the better player. Del Potro in Indian Wells, he's a better player. He was just unlucky not to win the tiebreaker. Kevin Anderson had match point. Mm -hmm. Millman the other day, two, uh, one set to love, set point. So he should have won it. But I think for me, it it is the difference between the surfaces are pretty extreme. In Australia, it is absolutely lightning fast. And these U.S. Open courts this year, combined with the humidity, looked as slow as any hard court that's I've true. ever seen. He doesn't play Roland Garros, so that's perfect. And Wimbledon is always going to be Wimbledon. So 
the question is how does he keep himself in in a, in match shape going into australia and how many matches can he manage to win on the slower surfaces uh without losing too much confidence because at some point whatever surface you lose confidence but no i don't think so i think he should i think he has a chance i really do i think the serve is not a weapon here because the court is too slow so he presses most probably a little bit more than he has to at the Australian Open where a nice slice well placed serve gets the guy off the court and then the court's open and points over he plays two shit, two two three shot rallies so I, I was surprised that they made the course these slow this year yeah, what is uh, that we, we, I, we, I don't know I thought you know the, the guy that had the best look for us would say isn't right now and he would prefer a faster court I know when we go in a couple of weeks and do the Labor Cup where I'm the captain and it's the rest of the world versus Europe and I've got guys like Isner and Anderson and Del Potro, to me you'd want it as quick as possible against mm. the likes of the, the Europeans. So I don't see what, where they, what they were thinking when they did this and uh, they must have known that they were going to make someone like Roger more vulnerable. Mm. I mean, we're talking about the greatest player of all time. So naturally, you know, he's always going to have a chance. He always, you know, on paper, will be a favorite. I'm just doubtful that, um, you know, there comes a time when, when you know, it, it's too late for everybody. Mm. And, and of course, it would be a big loss for tennis. And, and he certainly shouldn't retire now. I'm just thinking ahead, 2018, 2019, uh, uh, it's not going to get easier. It was very humid the first 10 days, so naturally the ball flies less fast through the air. I think they roughened the surface a little bit, so it wasn't sliding away, so the slide serve wasn't taken. Uh, but that is bound to happen. I mean, they, they can't make a surface just for Roger Federer to play well. Mm. I predict he'll play another two years. I think he's going to, uh, he's thought of, you know, Connors when he made that run to the semis here when he was 39. The Olympics 2020, you got the Labor Cup he's involved with. That next year is being played in Geneva, sort of his hometown mm. or close to it where he lives now, I think. And so he's going to keep keep himself motivated. Uh, and the only reason he'd, he would stop would be more like, like it catches up to you. He's human. Uh, mm. he's, gonna, yeah. you know, he's not going to be able to come up with the results. And that would be normal. That's okay? my point. It would That's be really abnormal if he keeps Correct. doing this. What he's done is already amazing. Yeah, incredible. What about... Um, Rafa uh, uh, Del Pocho, I mean, to me, like Rafa, I mean, if he stays healthy uh, and they put out courts like this and he's winning the French, I mean, you got to think he could maybe catch, because uh, it's the old question, can he catch Roger? He's I mean, a couple of years ago, it was unthinkable to catch the 14 Sampras. Now Federer right. has 20, Nadal has 17, uh, he's 32, I mean, he looks great. There's no reason for Nadal not to catch the 20. I mean, he's still very much in this tournament, defending champion on, on the clay. He'll always be the favorite. So theoretically, there's a good chance for Rafa to catch Russia. Do you think that the court surfaces are slightly too slow here at the US I, Open? I, I, I mean, I, I team, and, team and Nadal was just an insane exhibition of, of physical strength and, and uh, ground strokes and fitness. But yeah. still, are they a little bit too slow? I mean, to me, they're too, they're slow, too slow, but, right. but I think for those particular guys, I think it brought out the best in them. Sure, and, um, sure. I hope team uh, comes out of that sort of uh, learning something and feeling good about it because mm. that was pretty, to me, a devastating loss. I mean, that's a loss you may uh, look back and say that turned his career in a way where he eventually won a couple slams or it may turn to a, a situation where he isn't able to forget about it and he's never the same player. I mean, I think there's like a 50 
50-50 chance, and I like him a lot, and I think that was the best match I've ever seen him play by far. So oh, I'm sure. hopeful that uh, he's able to sort of come out of that and uh, become a better player. But, you know, I don't know how this you know, Nadal, after, you know, playing four and a half hours with Hachinov and then Bashilashvili, that was physical. Mm, yeah. And then he's out there for almost five hours. And now he's, you know, and it's still not over, <laughs> you know. But he still, sound, you know, he, he never looks like he gets tired. I, I like the surface. I think a lot has to do with scheduling. I think to play tennis at 2 o'clock in the morning is wrong. So something has to be done with when a man's match starts at night. And usually when they're second, they start at three. You put Nadal on, he never plays under three hours anyway. So I get it. The night matches is the magic at the open. But you shouldn't be playing tennis at two in the morning. I think that was his biggest argument after the match. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yes, he has two days off until the next match. But, uh, you know, finishing at two by the time you do the press and the cool down. And, if, and he's not, not going to sleep before six, seven in the morning. So the rest day really goes off. Right. So I think that is a problem. That's why it seems slower because the night matches with the humidity is slower than anyway. But is, is things like that what separates the younger generation from Rafa and Roger and and these guys, because the, ne the next generation, they're coming, but where are they? They're not, they're not, they don't show up in the Grand Slams. They show up on regular Well, the you regular could argue tour. teams showed up. Team um, did show up, but team is the really the first one to, to show up, and he is not really the next generation. He's 25. He's a, li a little yeah. bit older, but the, what, the, what is it? What is it about five sets that these guys can't handle? I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I, it wasn't a problem for you. It wasn't a problem for you. I wasn't a problem for me early on. I would like to start talking a little bit about the role of the agents with these young players and the role of the coaches. Because I don't see with the 18, 19, 20 year olds that they understand the importance of the slams. And, and the people closest to these you know, uh, great players, we call them young generations, sometimes don't understand it either because A, they've never played, they've never won, they don't understand history of tennis. Now, uh, I love the ATP too and the Masters series and everything, but uh, you, you, you'll be remembered for your eight majors, right? And you're going to be remembered for eight or how many you had? Seven. Seven. You had eight, yeah. I have six. Right? So this is what we remembered for. And mm. sometimes sure. the 19, 20-year-old doesn't understand that. Therefore, the effort level is not the same. I'd like to see a 21-year-old fight at 2 in the morning after five hours. I haven't seen that in a long May, time. Do you think it's like, because in a way, both you guys were 17 when you won your first major, right? It's almost as if, I mean, could you argue that you didn't know better? Yes, absolutely. You know, yes. and you didn't, un you know, but, but the, the, here's what I'm, the point I'm making. The difference is that these guys are coddled and sort of told how amazing they are at, you know, 12 years old or 14, and they sort of act like professionals even then. And then they don't realize, like, they know what's at stake, actually, a little bit more than we knew what it was, was at stake in the beginning. And I think they... You know, they physically, you know, the game's happening more quickly, so you have to factor that in. And then mentally, they don't understand the strain and the difficulty of what, what the pressure that, you know, they can't handle that against these guys. And these guys are relentless. I mean, you got to keep mm. in mind, you're talking about three of the four or five greatest players that ever lived. Sure. I mean, it's everyone has the champions, but these aren't these at a different, extraordinary level? They're hungrier than. You know, almost any uh, uh, Nadal, yeah. you could argue he's hungrier than Connors was. Mm. Uh, Federer, you know, uh, you could argue that he wants it more than Sampras wanted it. You know, and even though he seemed like he lived in, and breathed it. And you, you can, Djokovic, you know, you could, the same thing. And I just, it's, it's incomparable. And I, I don't think these guys, you know, they don't, they've been given a lot at an early age. 
so they feel like they've already got it made in a way, they don't, and they yeah. don't dig deep enough to me. Hmm. It's deep. They dig deep, but not as deep as you need to dig against these guys. No, no, I agree. But I mean, I think, yeah, you're right. I think I think they uh, they don't um, understand the difference because, as you see, most parents of most players in the main draw at a Grand Slam show up. Like I see Simona Halep's parents, I don't think they show up to the Canadian Open or Cincinnati. But as soon as there's a major, I always say, I'm like, why are the parents there now? And first of all, don't they have a job? And second of all, if you, if you, no, but if you, make it that, if you make it that special, the player feels it. And why change the environment so much when you get to a major compared to a normal tournament? That sure didn't happen to me. I'm sure it didn't happen to happened you. Happened to me when my you know, my first Wimbledon, I got to the semis, and my dad, you know, I'm coming over. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm doing so well. So <laughs> you know, I love you, Dad, but you know, it's worked out pretty well so far. I, I you know, it's a big question, Mark, and it's certainly not the talent, because yeah, they're, no, they're good exactly. enough. All, all year long. Their ranking is 3, 4, 10, whatever it is. So, but there's a lot more than just talent to win a major. And I think that's what they intellectually don't understand yet. They yep, have to go where it hurts. Uh, it's a, it's a three-week thing in one city. They get bored sometimes. They, they don't understand the rhythm that you have to have. They're playing in the day-offs. So I think it's the people around them that maybe they're not telling them enough or explaining them enough that... Ultimately, when you're 35 in Paganino, in Federer's case, 45, um, <laughs> what are you going to be remembered for? Of course, you're going to have a lot of money, but mm. don't you want to have a bit of respect from your peers? And you get that by doing well at the majors. Anyway, why did you retire? Because we know John retired, that realizing he couldn't win a major anymore. Same thing. I wasn't good enough anymore. I, yeah. I, lost, I lost in my last Wimbledon final to Sampras, yeah. and it wasn't a match. And we're talking about the final, and I felt that I was playing well, and I lost in straight sets. That for me was the the the, the bell of saying I can't win Wimbledon. Why why bother? Mm. You have responsibilities. I had yeah. kids. I had three kids at that time. You know, you you need to be very selfish to begin with, and then you start to think is you're pushing it just because you can. You know, mm. how about letting other people in your circle, your family be able to sort of live a life a little bit outside the sport. And so you need people around you that understand that you want to take it as far as you can take it and, and allow you to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes a special kind of wife or husband or, you know, people around you to make you feel like it's okay to keep doing mm -hmm. this yeah, because it yeah. seems a bit like a total ego trip, which it is, right. but it also happens to be your job and it also happens to be an amazing thing to be able to do, but it doesn't get any, you know, to me, it gets more difficult, it got more difficult as I got older. I wish I sort of had, in retrospect, uh, it seems like the teams that have been put together and, you know, there's no detail that they don't sort of exhaust. And it feels like on, on one level, I do wish that I was sort of treated and treated myself more like a machine mm -hmm. yeah. to see what I actually would have been capable of doing except, instead of like sort of a extraordinary talent, say, that just sort of, you know, in w certain ways winging it. Yeah, yeah. Right. And you, Mats? I retired after I lost to Fernando Meligeni <laughs> in the UST, USTA Clay Court Championships in Pinehurst, North Carolina. Wow. I beat Todd Martin in the semis, and he was uh, close to top 10. Yeah. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm back, I'm back. This, I'm not losing to Meligeni. One-handed backhand or two sometimes, remember how yeah. he played? <laughs> One and two. 
And I said, that's it. There's no way I'm going to the French Open after this. And that was three weeks before. But Oh, wow. Yeah, just not good enough. I mean, I thought I was, and then I realized, no, I'm not good enough. But it so. wasn't the thought process you worked, you know, internally with for a while? Was it, no. was it was a match? It was a match, yeah. You're kidding me. Hey, it was a match. You, you, it was just something not a bad day. <laughs> no, it wasn't a bad day. It was a bad feeling. A bad feeling that I, I didn't... I thought I was going to have a chance to win, and then you lose, and you don't really give a shit. Yeah. A shit. And, um, <laughs> but, but it and was in the final. It was in the final. A few yeah, weeks before but, yeah, the French. Yeah, well. But the interesting question to me is, how many years did it take you guys to... Be seven. S seven. <laughs> Hmm. To, to, to realize I am not winning another major. From the last time you won a major until the day you realized that, I, okay, I, I'm actually not going to well, win Well, I thought I'd be number one in the world. I beat Lendl in the 85 Open after I yep. played you, but yep. my body just didn't bounce back the next day. I thought if, you know, I prayed for rain. I didn't get it. Yep. That was the one day in my career I said, please just give me one more day. And then, you know, I felt like, okay, that I needed to do something more because, yep. you know, this guy was coming along, you were there, Yvonne. And so I took the time off like Roger's done and like some of the other, took six months off. The six months off wasn't to get worse, it was to get better. Yeah. And so, you know, there was a plan, <laughs> it just the plan backfired. You know, you had kids and then yeah. there's other responsibilities and then, you know, you, it's, things happen and then other kids that aren't as afraid and mm. then you lose your edge with the other players and it all keeps sort of... Um, snowballing but you know then you go through a period where you're like oh, i'm in the semis of women i play edberg well, i beat edberg before you know i can do that and then the next thing you know you, you, i don't do it you lose to him and then the 90 i'm in the semis and i'm playing sampras who the hell is this guy he's 19. so what if he beat mats and uh yvonne before he played me they they were you know somehow they lost but i'm gonna beat him well turned out the guy wasn't bad that's exactly what roger federer is <laughs> doing now that's exactly the sentiment, what he's going through right now. It's good enough to be 95% of players, don't get me wrong. It's going to get to the semis and final. But there's going to be one 21-year-old, the one 24-year-old that just has the day of his life and it's going to beat him. So the question is, are they a 20-time Grand Slam champion happy with losing the semis He won final? Australia this year, for God's sake. But sakes. a lot happened in six months, as you said. A lot oh. in tennis. Yeah, at he had that match age, point on Anderson. Yeah, he lost. You know, That's okay, the he difference lost, between winning and losing is a couple points. Heat and wave of heat waves. You know, <laughs> so I, you, you know, he's got years to go before he talks himself. Are you kidding me? I'm just, he'll be just, a, I'm just a 59, saying. and he'll think, I'm, I, I, now I don't think I can win one. So what? What's the difference then with Roger and Serena? I think. To be, five, that's one to, to be, five is one thing, yeah. To that's be amazing. honest, the quality and men's and women's tennis, I, I hate to say it, I think Serena on a good day in, in three, four years' time, if she keeps in shape, yeah. she's still competitive to win a major. I think you don't see that in the men's. Does she not want it way more than Roger? I think Roger wants it a great deal too, but yeah. I think given you know what's happened with Serena, having a baby yeah, yeah, and... Yeah. Um, you know, sort of she's, I think she's, you know, loving the fact that she's sort of representing uh, Mother you know, motherhood in a way. Yeah. And, so, and, and, and people are responding to that. So I think it's sort of like a win-win. So to me, you know, in two, three years, I'd be surprised he doesn't win three, four, just to sort of really make yeah. sure no one could possibly say, well, yeah. Margaret Carter had 24, Steffi Graf quit soon, or Chris Everett and Martina. She's going to be far and away, you know, at 27 majors mm -hmm. to 28 mm -hmm. majors. And I think... 
what you got to uh, commend in her is, is the intimidation factor. Mm, I yeah. mean, the players yeah. look and Roger like... Roger doesn't walks, have that. Well, he, she, he has it. He doesn't have as much as, as she does. Yeah, exactly, she walks yeah. down yeah. the court, you feel like it's three love. Right. But it's it's also um, um, if you look at Serena last night, um, unbelievable power. But I don't think she's at her peak yet. Give her six months, she's going to be in better shape. She's going to be fitter than she is now. Just think about what she's going to do next year. Mm. <laughs> next year she's thirty-eight, she's thirty-seven, thirty-eight. Uh, next she'll year she'll be thirty-eight at the yeah. end of the year. So she's turning so thirty-seven in a few weeks. I don't mm. see a man thirty years old even were close to winning a major. Yeah. Explain to me the difference. Explain to me how. How Serena, yesterday she played Sevastova, obviously. Sloane Stevens played Sevastova the round before. Serena came into the net about 20, 25 times. Uh, and that took away the drop shot, took away the slice backhand, took away anything short Sevastova was going was to hit. Sloane Stevens never, ever once went in. Now, Serena, it's well known that she didn't really go to a tennis academy. She didn't really, she learned all, most of it from her father, Richard, who I believe was not a tennis player. No, he learned from like a, a video. Or so, it, so, so is, so my, my question is, a smart tennis player, can he be built or is the tactical genius in Serena, does it always come from the inside? Because there's so few players in the world that has the Nadal Factor knows exactly what he, want, what he needs to do. Serena knows exactly what she needs to do. And you see these young guys, young girls, they're clueless. Even though they've been playing tennis since there are three or four with coaches on the court, this feeling of w the right thing to do is so cool when you watch Serena. It's like, oh, well, of course she should come in. Especially when she hadn't done it virtually. Right. I don't remember ever doing it to, as much no. as she did last night. And, yeah. and, and Rafa came a lot to the net against team as well. He wasn't involved in the long rallies anymore yep. because the young Austrian fitter. How now, do you teach that? Now, Serena wouldn't have done it 10 years ago. She would have been too proud. She said, I'm going to you know, beat her from the baseline. I'm better. I'm Serena Williams. Not everything is bad with getting older. You, some of us actually become smarter and wiser. And if you still got good enough to be a tennis player... <laughs> some of us, yeah. Speak yeah. for yourself, yes, yeah. Boris. Yeah. <laughs> but some of us, some of us, if they're still fit enough and use this intelligence on the tennis court, they have more than just one strategy. I think Sloane Stevens at this point, thinks, I'm going to be better than everybody from the baseline. Mm. And most of the time, she's right. But yeah. now and then, there are players that can read your, your strategy, can read your tactic, and then you have to have game plan B or C. Some of the young players, actually most of the young players, don't have to. They have I one game I, plan. In defense of Sloane Stevens, though, I think that you know, she was a little under the weather. She, you, could she, hear, yeah. you could hear so, it in her. Yeah in her voice at, in the post-match press conference. And also, I, I, to me, the ultimate equalizer is that heat. Yeah, right. It is very difficult to think clearly when you're in, the, the, when it's well in excess of like 100 degrees. So uh, I think, you know, I actually played a mixed doubles with the match earlier this year, and she was responsive in talking about, look, I need to get my serve better. I need to be yep. more aggressive. I need yep. to learn how to play better at net. So I think she's trying to do that, and she's a better player even though she lost here. Her getting to the French, you know, showed me something. I think she needs to, you know, herself get a little fitter because mm -hmm. she, athletically yeah. she's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I think she's learning. So I think she'll be around and so, at the top for a while. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Give her a little time. She's going to get yeah. her yeah, big yeah. game. And yeah. she's not a big, you know, she's, you know, she's 5'7". Yeah. She's not as big as some of yeah. these, uh, these other girls. No, no, she was playing great until Sevastova. In fact, she was, was probably playing better this year than she did last right. year. And, and her attitude was right. It was more general thing. 
general thing. And when you see Serena do it, suddenly you're like, yeah. whoa. Well, that was very cool. It was very, yeah, exactly. It's like, what, these kids, are they watching? Yeah. Right. So, so I, I hope that, I mean, it shouldn't take 10 years on tour before you realize that. You but hope may, not. Yeah, you hope not. You hope not. Are you yeah. listening, Dennis Shapovalov? There you go. <laughs> Nick Kyrgios, you can do it. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.